We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions versus the Seattle Seahawks final review. We're going to talk about this game in a little bit more detail and also crown this week's oopsie doopsie and baller of the week. We also have some discussions on some guys can who we could possibly pick up in free agency next year. And also we have some draft talk on episode 222 of the Pride Podcast. seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in! Jared Goldberg! Touchdown yes. Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkins, yes. they did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big is that? yo what is going on guys welcome back to the pride podcast episode 222 on the blue wire network i am your host tyler joined by my two guys as always mr malcolm hart as it's according to his stream yard name and mr pierre we are here on a monday night after the lions and seattle seahawks game how you boys doing first of all Woo! I am doing well, man. It just sucks that it's cold outside and the Lions lost yesterday, but I'm okay. Well, with that Lions loss, you have now guaranteed yourself a top two pick. So for the crowd that is right. all in for Team Tank, you guaranteed yourself a top two pick. Not number one. You could still get the number one pick. So depending on what happens this Sunday, if the Lions lose this Sunday to the Green Bay Packers and the Jacksonville Jaguars somehow pull an upset versus the Indianapolis Colts, you will have the number one pick in the 2022 NFL draft. But the likelihood of that happening, very low because the Colts are actually playing for something for this Sunday, and the Lions might potentially be playing some backups this week. And this is actually the first time from the betting lines that the Lions have been favored in the game, is this next upcoming game versus the Green Bay Packers. So the Lions are actually favored. Yeah, this is the first time they've been favored at all year. favored? ESPN has a a Green Bay minus three. I saw the lines this morning, one-point favorites. I think because Green Bay came out and said they're going to play Rodgers and Adams. This is when everyone was assuming that Jordan Love was starting and all the bad guys. So, yeah, it's changed right now. So, 
so wait, Rodgers is playing. That's what the reports say. I don't know how true they're going to be when it actually comes to Sunday. Yeah, right now I'm looking at it as plus three. Um, they're minus three Green Bay. Yeah, but it was plus one to open up. That that was the wow. first line, plus one for the Lions. The first time they've ever been favorited all year. So um, that's something. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, they guarantee themselves a top two pick. So I would call that a success uh, depending on, you know, who your preference is in this draft. It seems like the Lions are l- really looking at one of these edge rushers, if that's Kevin on Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson. We'll talk a little more about the draft in the, at the end of it. But just want to bring that out there that the Lions have guaranteed themselves a top two pick. So you guys could really cheer for your team this Sunday if you really want to because a win doesn't really affect all that much because you're still going to be two at the really wor- at the very worst. So, all right, let's talk about some injury news and some COVID news that we know about. I'm going to kick it off to you, Pierre. What do we learn this Monday as far as the COVID cases? All right, we have a lot going on here. Let's start with uh, so Vitae, Brackers, Josh Reynolds, and Brack Wright are all back. So they'll they'll be at practice probably on Wednesday. We'll see. Uh, Austin Bryant, Taylor Decker, and Penny Sewell are on the COVID list now. And also Rodney Smith from the practice squad was placed on the COVID list as well. So uh, if you want to go into the game next week starting Jared Goff without Decker and Sewell, yeah, I don't know about that. That is a really tough situation because then at that point, I mean, it's Monday, so you have time to activate these guys throughout the week. But if those guys aren't ready, I don't know how wise it would be to put Jared Goff in that game, especially if you're expecting him to be at the very least in your quarterback room next year because you have no choice. You have no choice but to do that. And he's more more than likely your starting quarterback at 22. A very high likely shot he's your starting quarterback at 22. So I don't know how wise that would be if Finesse Sewell and Taylor Decker can't go on Sunday to throw out Jared Goff out there. But because you could be looking at a scenario where it's Matt Nelson and Will Holden. That is or, that, that is a setup. Like, could you imagine being that backup? Like, imagine being David Blau, and they sit everybody. They sit the three quarterbacks in a room. They're like, "All right, look, um, we're out of our ta- uh, we're out of our tackles. We're not going to play our starting tackles." So Jared Goff, Jared Goff, <laughs> Goff, we you're going to be here next year. So we're gonna we're not going to play you. Um, Tim, Tim Boyle, you played last week. We're not going to do it, so it's up to you, David Blau. Well, uh, something to keep in mind, the, the, the protocols have changed a little. Um, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. I think it's like five days of their asymptomatic or something. They could be back with the team. Mm-hmm. So Decker and Sewell and uh, Austin Bryant also have a chance to play. But as of right now, the Lions are preparing to be without them. Yeah. So what do you do? But, like, like if you, who do you – like, who do you play – in this situation, do you, well, you do have you, options? If, if golf is healthy to play, do you put Jared Goff out there with, with no tackles? I don't know. Do you put Big V at back at tackle, put Kramer in at guard? Do you put Will Holden and Nelson at tackle? Put they just sounds like a scary situation for a guy you expect to be your starting quarterback next year for a game that means yeah, nothing I don't, to I don't, you. I don't know what they would do, but um, I think if golf was healthy to play, they'll they play golf. I don't think they'd sit him. It's possible. I just, I just don't know. I just think that's like a. a I think the knee might situation. be. I, I, I think the knee might be a little more banged up than we think it is. If if Penny Sewell and Taylor Decker can't go, this is the word we're gonna hear around Allen Park. <laughs> I don't. I think the knee is gonna. There's gonna be some more, you know, more news about that knee coming out on Jared Goff. So, 
We'll see. I would, I, I would play the safe game, play the precaution game. If those get two guys are out there, I mean, it sucks for a guy like David Blau because it's a tough situation. But hey, Twitter said they want to see David Blau. You'll get David Blau, maybe. Or Tim Boyle. Or Tim Boyle. If you want, if you want Tim Boyle, I mean, either guy, neither of those quarterbacks are going to be on your team next year. So, probably, yeah. I mean, it sounds. It, it sounds messed up, but at the end of the day, it is a business, and that's how GMs look at it. They're going to look at it, who's going to probably be on my team next year, and more than likely, God bless Tim Boyle and God bless David Blau, but they're probably not on this team next year. Right. And if they are, it's nothing more than a preseason body and them getting an opportunity. Yeah. So. That's possible. That's possible, man. I'm just, I'm just worried. I'm not worried. I'm just – I'm interested to see how they're going to do this if they don't have no tackles. Yeah, well, it doesn't what? seem ideal, like to throw Jared Goff out there with no tackles, and and you know Green Bay does have a pass rush, so that might be an issue. No, this is something to wonder. No, 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 Smith, but yeah, he still got Rashawn Gary. But yeah, we, we definitely have time. We, we definitely have time to talk about this, you know, for the, the pregame show and the the preview. But yeah. These injuries, man, they're piling up. All right. Well, let's get into this game. Was there any injuries to speak of this Seattle game, or we lean out, we leave it out clean? Uh, not that I know of. I don't know if I missed something. Do you, was there an injury yesterday? I'm trying to think. Was there an injury during a game? I know Seattle yeah. side, Bobby Wagner got hurt, but from Detroit yeah. side, no, nobody. There was no one here. Did it end? Did it end? Or not? The, oh wait, what's the little injury? What the hell was that, Tyler? You know, you know the fox, <laughs> the fox injury music. It's like I was doing like the more of the intro, but it's like did it end? Did it end? Did it end? Dun Yeah, that's know. totally the intro, Tyler. That's the intro, but I was trying that's to think. I, I can't, I can't hum the injury music, but yeah, the, I, didn't, I don't I didn't think there was. It. I don't think we had any injuries during the game. I think we actually we left out clean. We left out clean. Yeah. I mean, we'll see on the injury report when it comes out for the preview for the Packers if, you know, there's anything to report on because obviously they'll have to report to the NFL if there's any injuries and we'll know their limitation or any status of what they did in practice. So that is something to keep up for. But as far as right now, we don't know any of the injuries of what happened in the Seahawks and Lions game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, but Malcolm, I'm going to ask you the money question. Did you rewatch this game? Yeah, I actually did, did man. I actually rewatched this game, man. And did you gain any entertainment the second time watching it around? No, I, I, I didn't find that entertainment that you had that game, Tyler. I still didn't find it. You know what? The second half, they, they made it interesting. But that first half was so brutal, bro. The no, first half was terrible. The first half was, uh, it was, it was bad. I believe the score was what thirty one seven thirty one seven. Yeah, it 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 was rough, man. And we had no answers. Offen- uh defensively, we had no answers for um, Penny or DK Metcalf. Man, it seems like we just had no answers. So it was it was a rough game to watch in the, in the first half. Second half, they made it somewhat of a game. They tried to make it a game at least uh, until. I mean, it was it was it was fun and entertaining until all those turnovers started happening with with Tim Boyle. That's when it was just like, Ugh. Ugh. that's when I that, that's when I was about getting Ugh. done with the game. I was like, when when the injuries started to pile up, I'm like, okay, I'm done with it at this point. I got my entertainment. We, we, we could end the game there. But um, when we had that little that little moments where we were getting some offense going and. You know, we were doing some fun plays and stuff. That's when I was giggling. I was laughing, and I was enjoying the game. I was just sitting back and enjoying the game. And we, we had some moments. It, it wasn't like the Broncos game for me. The Broncos game, I was just ready to turn off the game. I didn't want to watch that game. This game, I had some entertainment, even when we were down big. Yeah, I mean, we made it a two-score game at one point. They made it a two-score game. They made it somewhat interesting, you know, and that's something that you wanted to see from this team that they, you know, that they're going to fight and they're going to try to be in it. And we have some guys, that some dogs out there that were just playing with all their hearts the whole game. You know, we had a Ross St. Brown, you know, with a 100-yard game. I think this is his first 100. Is this his first 100-yard game? Yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown? Yeah. Or am oh, I tripping? Am uh, I tripping? I, or or. I, 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 I think I'll look for you, but keep talking. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm, I'm pretty sure he got one during one of those, you know, those weeks uh, when he was for some off. reason. For some reason, I feel like he got close to 100 yards. Like he had like 91, 80, you know, 90. He, he was getting close, but I think this. I honestly think that this was his first 100 yard game. So but, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because when we played Atlanta, got 91. When we played Arizona, it was 90. And then versus Minnesota, it was 86. So yeah, yeah. it was his first 100 yard game. Yeah, he's. I guess I was just looking around. He's really dangled really close to 100. Yeah, because he's getting a lot of receptions and he's getting a you know good amount of yards. So he's he was getting close to 100, but this is his first 100 yard game. He was just, he's he's just a dog, man. I mean, he's just a guy who's very fun to watch. So glad he's on our team. Um, so I mean, it was fun watching him. Um, if I had to pick another guy, Cordero Hodge had a probably his best game as a Detroit Lion. You know, no he I think it was his, was it his birthday? 
I think I saw something on Twitter about him. Something about him being is being his birthday. It. How the hell would I know if it's Kaderil Hodges' birthday? Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure if it's today. I'm not saying it's today, but I think it was like how the either, hell would I know that? Either either the day before the game or on the game or a day after the game. Some day around there it was I think it was his birthday, but he showed out like it was his birthday, and he had one of his better games as a line. So that was fun to watch, you know, seeing Cordell Hodge um, have a big game. But besides those two. Uh, it was everything else was rough. I mean, everything else was rough. Everything else was rough. Offensively, it was really rough in the beginning. You know, like you started off the game, um, you forced a punt from Seattle, and then yeah. Detroit, Detroit gets the ball. Then he had the fourth and one opportunity. You have, you have an opportunity to take the the lead. You know, you could have taken the field goal, and that's something we didn't talk about in the live show. Um, mm-hmm. I'm cu- I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts. So, just another Dan Campbell fourth and one decision. Decides to go for it, have an opportunity to take points. Uh, the ball is uh, it's, it's on their side of the field. They ran a pistol formation and they ran it. It was a halfback dive to Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams in the pistol formation. I remember that play. I I have no problems with Dan Campbell going for it in situations like that. Mm-hmm. When he's on the other side of the field and it's fourth and one, fourth and two, mm-hmm. I don't mind those plays. Those plays are the plays that you probably should go for it. You know, yep. you're what two two twelve and one at that point you know you know you're playing the seattle seahawks even though it's zero zero at the point at that time but yeah i mean it's on seattle's 29 yeah you're on seattle's 29 i mean you want to you want to end that drive over the touchdown versus a three so i get it you know if this was in reverse say that we were on our 29 our 29 yard line i would be pissed (laughs) and we've seen dan campbell do stuff like this in the past where he'll do it like he'll go for it on his side of the on on his side of the field, those are the the fourth down going for it on those drives. Those are the ones that drive me crazy, and we haven't really seen those as much. I think he's been dialing down on those, dialing back. I mean, on those as far as he's not doing it as much. So that's a positive. But I'm with the fourth down play, and I get why they didn't convert because Jason Cabin is out. They ran a pistol halfback dive with Jamal Williams. So I is it's it's tough. So I, I, I want to I bring the question out there because analytics, I would assume, I don't know what the analytics tell you, but I would assume they probably recommend 100%. you to go for that fourth and one. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that was an interesting decision. I, I expected them to go for it. And I remember I tweeted at the time, I tweeted at the time that I personally would have kicked the field goal, take the points, take the lead. You're on the road versus Seattle. Um, you just forced a punt, so your defense wasn't getting like dashed like that in, in the first drive, so you didn't really know how the game was going. So I would have taken the points, you're on the road. But I understood the decision of that. And and kind of like you, Malcolm, I don't mind that because it is what it is. It's like if you get it, you keep the drive going in. A fourth and one, more than likely or not, you are going to convert that. Like the likelier chance of you converting that is probably higher than you missing that. They obviously got unlucky. They got stuffed and didn't get the first down drive got killed seattle comes back and they score whatever right yeah but i i think when you have a good football team i think a lot of good football teams probably go for that fourth and one over there but i think it just all matters really how the game is going and you know of what you are playing against you know and i kind of agree with what you were thinking you're playing the seattle seahawks a team that could score points obviously so you obviously do want to end drives with touchdowns if you want to give yourself a chance but i'm going to ask you the question you, well, you understand the decision, but do you agree with the decision? Like, if you were Me? the head coach and you're standing there, it's your call. Are you making that decision to go for it, or uh, are I, you I, kicking I, the I field goal? I would do it. No, I would have did it. I would have went for it. 
I would have went for it. Probably, you know, this is what I get with as far as do I agree with the play call? You know, you're not you're gonna do a pistol halfback dive with Jamal Williams. You know, you know, if you're gonna go fourth and one, you know, I, I like them to go big. Maybe try to go heavy, but I, I, you're missing guys. You're missing Jason Cabinda. You're missing all your tight ends. So I, I get it why they maybe went that route. Maybe try to, I mean, do you put the ball in Tim Boyle's hand to convert that fourth and one maybe in a bootleg? I I, I don't so, know. So do you maybe factor in all those situations? You don't have your fullback. You're missing all no. your tight ends. Maybe yeah. just take the points. Hey, like, yeah. would, like, like, would mean, you have been, Like, would you have been disappointed or mad if, they tried it out the no. field unit. No. Yes. <laughs> Pierre said, hell yeah, I'll be pissed. Well, we need points, god damn it. No, I know why three points isn't gonna do shit against Russell Wilson at offense when you have like a bunch of practice squad guys on defense. It really isn't. Wait, 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 wait. We didn't have a bunch of practice squad guys on defense. This is the same. What I'm trying to say is like, okay, you have Ifatu Melafanu starting like his third star. Yeah, Will Harris starting his third star. You have Dean Marlowe starting. Yeah, um, you have oh, linebackers. I, I, I understand your point. Yeah, your it's a young defense, inexperienced defense. But this is the this, this, this is the same defense that they put a lot of trust into the last three weeks. And in that yeah, Cardinals game, they they, they they made a decision to trust their defense when it came down to the game. And like you said, the defense has made plays, so I can't use that as an excuse because that was the same defense. I said, Michael. Brown. All I'm trying to say is like, not it wasn't really the same defense because guys were in, guys were out. All I'm trying to say is like, when you have that many injuries on offense and on defense, I think you just kind of have to go for it, dude. I think I think Dan Campbell is the type of guy who he has his mind set already. Like if he's it, yeah. I think like for example, if he's starting to drive, he's probably telling himself, "Look, if we're in position to go for it to try to end this with a touchdown, that's what we're gonna do." You know, there's some coaches who say, "Hey, look, you know, we're gonna play the drive, and if we get in field goal range, we're gonna just kick kick the the, the field goal and just get points." But I don't think Dan Campbell's that guy. I don't I think know, he ever. I don't think he ever goes into any drive thinking, "All right, if we get in field goal range." We're gonna kick the field goal outside no, of outside of like maybe a half where you have like one timeout and you know that's the only reason I could think of it. Yeah, they, I mean, if you yeah, there's a situation like that where you know, like, all right, I could end with some type of points. That's the only let, way. Let, let, let's do it. But I don't see, like if it's anything fourth and three and under. I see Dan Campbell going for it. If it's like a fourth and eight, yeah, he's gonna kick the field goal. You know, something like that. But anything under three yards, and he's in your territory. I think he looks at the record and is like, "Look, we're we're we only have two wins, so I, I don't see a situation that he's like he's gonna kick the kick the the field goal when he's when it's under three yards. I just don't see him ever doing that." Malcolm, record aside, I think that's who he is. Even when they're gonna be really good, you look at the Ravens. The Ravens are like that. The Chargers are like that with Staley. I think like even if they're really good, they're gonna go for these. They're not I, just gonna settle for three. I, I think I think he'll look. It depends. It depends. Like say if they have, if he has a really 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 good defense, there's gonna be drives that he's gonna say, look, maybe let's put more let's put more on on our defense. Let's kick this kick take what's given to us. But I think you got to feel the game and see what's going on. I, yeah, but I mean, in general, like even Campbell, like right from the jump, he was aggressive. Like he didn't really he know what he had right from the jump. Right when he got here, I feel like that's in his that's his. But I just think I, I think at the beginning I just think he didn't know what he was doing. I'm not saying he didn't know what he was doing, but he was doing. That, 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 I'm not saying he didn't know what he's doing. But I just think that he was just like he was doing it premature. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, 
I, I I'm kind of with Peter. I think this is just kind of what Dan Campbell is. I, I, I think he's in love. It. I love it. I, I think he's gonna put. <laughs> I think he's gonna play out the situation. Obviously, oh, like man. you know, you got to see when to go for. But you know, Peter's right. Like teams like are very analytical. Like the Chargers or like Baltimore Ravens, especially. This is what they do. This is like I don't necessarily always agree with it, but like that's what we have in our coach, and it's like we kind of have to accept it because. That's his identity. That's what he's going to be. I think even like when we, if we are a good team ever, I think that's his identity. Um, you know, I, I think if in 2023, the Lions are, I don't know, 10, 10, five and whatever at that point, 10 and five, let's say, and whatever week that is. Um, I still think Dan Campbell goes for it in that situation. That same exact situation that we're talking yeah, about right now. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I, 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 those situations when you're on the other other side of the field and is anything under three yards, I don't care. I don't mind going for those. Oh, but I think what we're talking about, you're talking about the stuff that we happen, you know, we're, we're going for on our side of the ball. I don't think that's I hate that. I hate that. That's terrible. That's not even analytical. That's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I there those. is actually. I mean, there is some analytics to that too. You're trying to tell me what they when they went for when they played Cincinnati or when they went on it when they played Minnesota. That's smart. That's just not smart to me. I think that's just looking at the record and saying, "Hey, what the hell do we have to lose?" Or just being too 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 aggressive. Like I don't think good teams do that. I think I'm gonna say teams- this, man. Like with the fourth downs, we saw last year Patricia blew so many freaking fourth uh, or second half leads, right? Fourth quarter leads. That's because he was conservative. Yeah, if you're aggressive, yeah. all all hands on deck, all game. Yeah, you might screw up a little, but at the end of the day, you're a better football team because of that. Like your players, your, your players have that mindset, right? They have that mindset. Our coach loves going for it. We're gonna win this game. We're gonna be aggressive. The opposing team knows you're gonna be aggressive. Like, it just makes you better, in my opinion. As long as you're not doing it in your thirty, I don't care. I mean, he hasn't done that recently, so yeah, he had to done it recently. That, that that's what I'm saying. It's a positive. No, that, that, that's definitely Dan Campbell looking at the record and saying, "What the hell do we have to lose?" I think more than I think that's his identity. I think this stuff is his identity. Yeah, Whoever I mean, other side of the field, up. anything under three yards, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Under I three yards, you're on the other side of the field. Is you're on there what twenty yard line, 30, 20, 29 yard line. I don't. I don't care. At the end of the day, what's going to worst case scenario, you don't get it. They're on their 29 yard. What did he do? You know, right. I don't care about that. Yeah, I, I mean, know. Y- you always want to end with points at the end of the drive. So it does suck when you don't get it, especially but, when it's a long drive. Those are heartbreaking. When you that, have like a 12, 10, 12 play drive and it ends with nothing. When he gets to the goal line and then as a fan, that hurts. So I'm yeah. pretty sure the players are like, what the fuck? Yeah, when you get to the goal line and you turn over the ball in fourth and like fourth and two or fourth and three, like that's those and yeah, those long drives, those yeah. hurt. Yeah, hurt. but when you think about it too, though, like you're most likely your defense probably need to stop there yeah. too. So it's but, not, it doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah, field goals do hurt though in that territory as well. Like it I does. like points definitely help, but field goals still do hurt in that territory as well when you're kicking but, it. With, but nothing yeah. hurts even more. Yeah, when you're kicking 21 yard field goals when it's not a game winner, it hurts. As long as your defense gets a stop, I mean, doesn't. Well, that's if you're going for it, yeah. But I'm saying if you kick a field goal, you're obviously... or, or, yeah. or 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 even if you kick the field goal and your defense gets a stop, I mean, it doesn't hurt that bad. Yeah, but if you know kicking... you could, you know you could drive down there. Yeah, but if you're yeah. kicking a field goal, you're giving the the team really good field position again because it's just a kickoff at that point. Yeah, and it's just the reset. Mean... <clears throat> if you look around the league, 
we're not really seeing teams kick as much as fourth and goal, fourth and two, fourth and one. They're pretty much going for it. unless it's like a coach who's like super conservative. Nobody. Most of the time, teams teams are going for that. Like, no, and I I like that. No, they, they don't like settle that. for the points. Yeah. I mean, three points doesn't really do much when you're there. Just try to score. You don't get it. Your defense, whether they're on the two, the three yard line, whatever. Your defense probably didn't get a stop. Yeah, I, I think it just really depends on the situation. Sometimes I, I think, it, I think sometimes coaches get a little too aggressive, and I I think they take field goals for granted sometimes because the field goal could still win you a game. I think people yeah, sometimes it, it yeah. adds up. It adds yeah, up. There's the teams who won games <laughs> making nothing but field goals. There's teams like, who won games like that. I, I know this is definitely a hindsight. It's always 2020, but I don't know if you guys watched that Chargers and Chiefs game on Thursday night, like a couple of weeks ago. It was like two, three weeks ago. It was a really good game. Um, Chiefs won in overtime, but Staley went for like, I want to say three to four fourth downs that they ended up with zero points on every single attempt that they just left 12 points right there. Yeah. And that could have yeah, won a football it, game. It adds up. It's 12 points. Game. I mean, that's, that's almost two touchdowns. It adds up. It adds up. Definitely. You know, so if you're gonna do it, you gotta convert. I got a question for you guys. All right, say the score is twenty to twenty-one, three seconds left. You take the two, go to try to win, or you go to overtime. Take the Tyler three had goal. this discussion the other day. I know what I'm doing. I want to see what you guys are doing. I so, gotta, I gotta feel my team out. Yeah, uh, I we meantime had this conversation probably a couple. We had it after the Atlanta three. game. I said, if, okay. I said if the Lions, let's say, um. Let's say if the Lions got – let's say they went for that fourth and six. Let's say they, they score a touchdown because then at that point they have an opportunity to tie the game with an extra point or go for two and win the football game. In that situation, I might have went for two because of the Lions' record in that circumstance. So I'm not against that. But when I see, like, the Ravens do it, and right now look at those games. I know it's, it's aggressive comes with, you know, the pros and it comes with the cons. Yeah. Right now that costs the Baltimore Ravens two games because they try to go for on. Uh, for a two-point conversion to win a game, and right now they're going to miss the playoffs by probably one or two games. But like this is, or this not, is it's the right call. If they convert that, they win those games, right? So you could also the, say going going to overtime though. When you have that many injuries though, going to overtime. That's what I said. You got to look. Though. You 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 have to look yeah. at the circumstance and what is happening, um, and how your team is. Do you think your team has a chance in overtime? Do you think your defense has been playing well? You got to look at all of that. So I'm not a guy that I, I favor one side. I'm always going for two, or I'm a guy that you always got to keep the extra point. You got to mm. look at the situation. You got to feel how the situation is. I'm because- mostly going for two, but I'm also starting the situation. But I'm mostly yeah. going for two in that it, situation. It, it, it all depends. Like for example, is the quarterback you're playing against is it Tom Brady? <laughs> is it Tom? Do you want to play Tom Brady in overtime? No, absolutely not. No, go for two. Take whatever chance you got. Aaron Rodgers. You don't want to play Aaron Rodgers in overtime. He gets the ball first. He's probably going to score. You know, stuff like that, you got to assess the situation. You feel but it say, out, yeah. say if you have Aaron Rodgers, say if your quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going – I'm kicking the extra point. I'm taking overtime. And, then, and at that point, you're like, all right, I trust my quarterback. So if we go to overtime, my quarterback is going to march us down the field. We're going to win this game. This is what I'm doing. I trust my quarterback get two and just end the game here. I don't want to go to overtime. That's just so risky yeah, to put it all on one play, in risky. my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, okay, but what's also risky, you can, you can say hindsight. You are also risky. Say you lose the toss, our team scores a touchdown, you're done. That's that, also that, risky, that's, too. That's what you got you to gotta, you gotta feel the situation. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you have a defense and, you know, you have the momentum right now, you have you have the better quarterback, it, it depends. 
let's talk about that crazy game yesterday. I don't want to go too deep into it, but the Jets and Bucks yesterday, the, the game that AB went rogue, right? He he marches off the field, it, it takes his jersey off and everything. Okay, let's say that situation. You know how the Bucks were coming back in that game? They were down. Let's say in that situation where they needed a touchdown to tie the game. Uh, they were down seven points. So you could kick the extra point to tie the game and go to OT, or you take the two-point version of the game. If I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New York Jets, I'm kicking the extra point and taking my chance in an over. Absolutely, yeah. So if you're the Tampa, so yeah. So if you tie, but if the I'm game, the New York Jets and the other way around, I'll take the two-point conversion. I'm playing the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'll take the two-point conversion and try to win the game. But like, if I'm the Bucks, I don't, I don't take fault the them. I don't fair. fault. I don't fault the Jets for trying to go for it on that fourth down play. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that not. was the that was the dumbest fourth down play. I probably that, ever that, seen in my life. The call, yeah, the call. We can always we can talk about the call all day, but the I'm talking about the decision to go for it. I don't mind the decision to go for it. It was a fourth and three. And he ran a QB sneak. Yeah, that was yeah. He ran a QB sneak on fourth and three, and you're down. They're down by what four? No, they were up. They were up by four. They were, they were trying four. to. They were trying to ice the game. They were trying to ice the game, so they ran a QB sneak on fourth and three. <laughs> Yeah, we could talk about the play call. I don't agree with the play call, but the decision to go for that's different. I like that. Play yeah, call. they they should have definitely. I, I mean, mean, the play Zach decision. Wilson was playing. He was playing with, out of his mind. He just kept keep the ball. I, yeah, they kept the ball in his hands, all right. But I'm saying like <laughs> keep his hands in a different way. Let him make a a play like a little hitch route or something. That was just yeah. dumb. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but if if I if I'm the Bucks, I, I take so Peter, if you're the Bucks, you're you're trusting Brady to just get the two point conversion and not going OT. I don't know. This is something to think about. Like I just <laughs> have to like because you have Brady, bro. F it, man. You know, man when the when already on your side, you're playing the Jets. If you go overtime, going overtime, you get that coin. You, you get the coin toss. You're gonna score. It's but here's the thing, is. though. If you have Brady and you trust your offense so much, fuck it, go for it too. I know, but then but that, that's all on one play. That's one. That's exactly. That's all on one play. And then, you know, imagine, one imagine play. one receiver. You throw, yeah, you have Brady, but say if he throws it and the receiver slips, then what? Yeah, like the okay, you could like. I mean, you could say imagine you're in overtime and someone fumbles the ball or like. Yeah, but you got so many more opportunities. You're getting three downs. You're getting first downs. Like it's a, it's a game. It's not one play. It's like you're, you're you putting it all on forth. one game. You're putting it all on one one play. You go back and forth on this topic. Um, I guess it just kind of depends, but most of the time I'm going for two. I yeah, I I like I said, I'm not a guy that looks at uh, like I'm not if let's say if I was ever head coach, I'm not one of those guys where I have a, a set mind. I'm always going for two. I'm always kicking the extra point. I have to fill out the situation. Here's the math to it, Tyler. The math is like if you convert that two, you have a better chance of winning than winning in overtime. If you don't convert the two, you lose. But I mean, that's what that's analytics, right? Don't it, convert it. It goes. It goes from it's, it's, a it's better risky, percentage to to a zero percent chance. But if, if you convert it, game's basically over for the most part. Like if you, the other teams have time, game's pretty much over. You don't have but to go over. Don't convert it. The, the game's over regardless. After that, exactly. But that's why. That, that's why the that's percentage so to win risky. is higher. If you, <laughs> it's risky, but dude, like this is the NFL. But you yeah, that's I say. You have to feel out the situation. If it's the Bucks and Jets. Um, and I'm the Bucks, and I have the opportunity to take an extra point. I, I'm going overtime. I don't know. Whatever. We're getting too much into this. Let's get back into the. Uh, well, the just, I like I like this because it's analytics. That's that we're talking about. It is analytics. Story. It yeah. is analytics. Um, I, I'm just bringing an example of because that. These well, are the Campbell situations. did it this year. They did it versus Baltimore, right? They went for two. 
they had the lead and then they kicked the field goal. Justin Tucker made that. That, that, that was a situation that, you know, you're playing against a better quarterback. You're playing against a. So uh, you agree a, with that? A, um, Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, you you know, you, you're, you're obviously playing a better team. So, you know, all right, the Baltimore Ravens is a better team than us. So, hell, the situation like that, yeah, hell yeah, go for it. Yeah. Or remember, remember when they played Minnesota? They made that crazy comeback at all momentum, get a touchdown, and then uh, Again, Dan Campbell trots out Jared Goff, makes a big put throw, I think, to Kadero Hodge. Yeah, at the end, yeah. But again, that's another situation. The Minnesota Vikings is a better team than the Detroit Lions. And they were I don't mind those situations. Camp. Yeah, and they were killing I don't mind camp. those situations. But if you are a better team, like if you're like, say if my offense is the, the Rams, if I have the Rams right now, that's my team, I probably wouldn't do that. Because I probably wouldn't care because I think my offense would win in overtime. I guess it depends, right? It depends on the coach because coach and player, players and player who you're playing against. Yeah, but I think like coaches, like as a mindset, I don't think they necessarily care who's out there sometimes. Like, for example, John Harbaugh, yeah, isn't yeah, he, he does it with Lamar, he, he does he it with Huntley. Absolutely. He doesn't care. It's his mindset, it's, it's the way they are. Let me ask you a question though. If you're playing against What's the what's the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. You're playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you're playing against Trevor Lawrence. Would you go into would Would you be scared to play Trevor Lawrence in overtime, or would you just go for two? I'd be more disappointed. Why the hell are we tied with these with these? It's trash. NFL, well, just like the Jets. Look at the Jets. That's that's why I brought the Bucks and Jets game. Yeah, look at the Jets, man. It happens in the NFL. So like you playing against the you playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, there's no reason to be like saying, uh, let's just get rid of these guys. I want to end the game. I gotta be honest, guys. That's just the way I think. I don't want to go to overtime. If if the team stinks, that and, team stinks, and I have trust in my quarterback and I have trust in my weapons, you see, Malcolm, I'm gonna send them out there and, and get that two points. And some coaches think like this. Some coaches think like Peter. Like me and you, I think we're more on the same page where like we feel yeah. out the situation. Pierre is like some of these coaches. John Harbaugh, I, I think exactly is like Pierre. I think they have the same mind. I don't give a hell who's on my team. I'm going for this regardless. And <laughs> no, I think, like I think I, I care sometimes on my team, but like if you're playing against a shitty team man and like you think you could kill him in overtime, why not just end them on this one play? You get your, so like Pierre, what's the situation you're kicking an extra point? Because every yeah, situation what, what, I'm bringing up, every situation I'm bringing up, you're going for two. What's the situation? I don't you're know. Like point? I have to like actually like watch the game and just see it and because like, I don't think you have one. I think, I, time, I think you're going always going for two. two. <laughs> Pierre sound like he would always go I said, for two. I, I, I don't, I, like I, I'm trying to bring up different scenarios that like I could maybe crack Pierre to say extra point. I don't think there is one for Pierre. I think Pierre just always going for if two. If you're going to go for it against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you, you're going to go you're for, going for it every time on anybody. You're going to go for it on anybody. There, there's nobody who you're saying this is going over time. You're just like, hey, this. Like it depends. Like say this like, is ro- roll it all, put it on 14 black. It just depends. Like, if your quarterback <laughs> is struggling during the game, maybe, like, I don't know. It just depends. Your injuries, the everything dice, going on the during the game. But most of the time, I'm telling you, I'm going for two. Maybe there's yeah, a time I wouldn't, but I'd have to, like, I, like, I, I, we text during games, guys. Like, I, I, I tell you guys, I, I go for it. Tyler's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. I was like, I, I can't Campbell, Campbell goes scenario. for it. I can't crack a scenario where I'm saying where Pierre's going to say extra point. I'm bringing up every scenario I could think of. Pierre's going to say two points. I mean, I literally <laughs> text you guys during the game, and you guys don't agree with me, and then Campbell comes out and goes for it. I'm like, I told yeah, you guys. Right. Yeah, right. No, and I and that and that's why I, I I think when I bring up John Harbaugh, I think Dan Campbell's kind of in this criteria as well. I think he, I think Dan Campbell kind of thinks like Pierre. And I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't I don't see I don't see him doing it every time. Not every situation. time. Yeah, I mean, we'll I see. if he if he is, a, is he clearly has a better team, I don't see him doing that. 
Yeah. Why? I mean, you have a better team. Why, yeah, why because go out and risk injury in overtime? Why risk other things when you could end it right there? That's why I think, bro. Because he, he could lose a okay, game. Okay, you also have a chance to lose in overtime, though. So just either win it or lose it. That's the way you go. And you take your win or you take your L and you move on. I know, but I think the, the, the winning percentage in overtime, if you have the ball and things are your way, if you're the better team, better quarterback, I don't know. I just think it's different versus putting it all on one play. We could we could debate on this all day, and I don't think it's going to go anywhere. No, it's not bad. I, I like this. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's not bad at all, bro. It just it's, it's not, just it's getting, not our, it's getting, saying, our, um, getting different perspectives. No, exactly. On what would you do? What would you do? Well, this is and how I, I think about Malcolm. Like, you have a better chance at winning if you convert. Obviously, if you don't, you probably lost the game, right? Hundred percent, you lost it's, the game. And, it's, it's but if you convert it, game's over, right? And then you, especially if you have the better, if you have the better team. And you you trust your quarterback and you trust your weapons, send them out there and go for it, right? You said if you're playing like a shitty team, and I just it. don't see like I don't see like a Matt Lafleur doing that ever, ever. In no situation. I don't see a Matt Lafleur ever doing that. Not with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm not. I don't think, I don't think Shannon I don't, does that either. I don't know about. I mean, those guys they mm. think different. I don't know. I don't know. How yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, I like, watch all their well, games. Like Matt, I don't know how they I, think with that. I, I don't. I don't either. But my my thing is like, you have Aaron Rodgers. You just take your chance. If it did team scores in overtime and beat you in overtime, it is what it is. But I mean, it'll just be a hurt feeling just not converting that last play and losing to a team that you should have won. I mean, I just don't see like a Matt Lafleur doing something like that when you have Aaron Rodgers. But some coaches are different. You know, you have the. John Harbaugh's and Dan Campbell's. Dan Campbell probably do it. Dan Campbell probably do 100. percent Probably. I love that, man. I, I love that. Yeah. Probably. I mean, it, it makes it a lot more entertaining. I'll say that. <laughs> but and I and, yeah. I and I think and blood I pressure think, higher makes your blood pressure higher too. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I because I, I I'm not one of those guys that always agrees with that. I'm a little more of an old head, and I like to sometimes just kick because I, I I don't take points for granted in the NFL. I sometimes don't take points for granted. That's either. why I'm. I'm all I'm all down for field goals. I'm you all don't take for points for granted, but two field goals is one touchdown. You score touchdowns, forget field goals, right? Like two field goals, basically a touchdown. It's six. So yeah, yeah, if you get the touchdown, but you could. Like, but if, if you don't, like, it, okay, if you're like in a fourth and zero. three or fourth and four, and you're playing a really good team, and you, I don't take the points, I go for it. Yeah, I mean the yeah. I, I think a lot of coaches think like you now, especially a lot of the newer generations ones. They, they, there's a lot of ones that are more aggressive, and I think it makes the game more fun to watch from a from a fan perspective. I think if you're watching from a viewer standpoint, I think it's definitely more enjoyable to see teams go for it because field goals. I mean, they're end of the day, they're not fun. They're just they're smart moves sometimes, but they're not necessarily fun. But um, yeah, it's, uh, watching an NFL game a lot of these days a lot of coaches these days go for fourth downs and i like that there's more of an aggressiveness than there was maybe a couple of years ago i do like the you know the upwards of aggressiveness but I, I think there's just a time and place for it all do you think these kickers are gonna get devalued they're really we're using them less and less man it's like it's coming down to like yeah extra points and and a halves and game winners. Yeah, I've, I've seen a skit. It was Fox. They did one for the Ravens because you know John Harwell is obviously one of those coaches that loves to go. And for he have the best. And he has the best. He has Justin Tucker. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and the skit was you know Jay Tuck and I don't know who their punter is, but they had like a fake like guys acting as them, and they're like, 
oh, coach, is it for me time to go kick the ball? <laughs> I he see goes, that. I he, see goes, that. He, goes, he goes, hell no, sit your ass on the bench. He's going to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then Harbaugh, he, he, he brings the putter out, and then he goes, Tuck's like, oh, he's getting an opportunity to kick the ball. And then he, he like he fumbles the snap or something. <laughs> he goes, he goes, damn it, we're never kicking ever again. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I, I seen that. That that was hilarious. So, wow. So like, do you think like they're gonna probably be devalued? No. No. You're, are no, you talking, because like, are you talking like price wise? Like like you think they're gonna price get wise? Money? Yeah, maybe. No. Like I'm just asking the question. Do you like as far as price wise? You think they're I don't think so because I still think it's really important to have a kicker because at the end of the day, that's a win or loss sometimes because, like you said, I know we talk about going for two and we talk about going for the game sometimes, but there's going to be situations where you're only down two points or you're down only one point and you only need a field goal. So you're only playing for a field goal. So, you know, I still think having a kicker is really, really valuable, even though in today's NFL, there's a lot more coaches going for it and, you know, going for more two point conversions there's still going to come a time and place where you're going to need your kicker at some point. So you, you want someone that you, you obviously trust. So I, I don't think kickers price tag should be devalued ever. I, I agree with that, man. Yeah, I'm with you. Yo, now we're talking about kickers right now. Our kicker, Ronnie Our Patterson, he's legit. He misses first field goal, 55 yards. Looked like it was towards a win. Didn't, it was short. It was it, was. it was. it was. It wasn't a good kick. It wasn't a good kick. It, was yeah. cold, it wasn't a good kick at all. It was all. rainy. Cold, was, rainy, short, yeah. fifty-five yards. This is his first miss. Are you guys worried? Like no, even, no, okay. no, no. I I still think he's a good kicker, man. I mean, this was he's he's shown he could kick from deep before. It's not like you know he's only kicked chip shots. You know he's kicked fifty yarders and he's kicked deep forties and he's made them with range. Like he hasn't really had a problem. And they've been really much all up the middle. I mean, kickers are going to have some shanks. They're going to be short on some opportunities. And I think even if Keith Lee mentioned, too, that Riley Patterson kind of had a just a tough day kicking. He, even in warm-ups, didn't really look good in kicking. And I, I think that's just how the game was going, man. It just seemed like everyone was a little bit off outside of Amon Ross and Brown in that game. Like, there wasn't really yeah, – yeah, there, yeah, there wasn't really a single player that just were was doing anything on a positive you know, aspect. Even Jack Fox had a bad punt. Yeah, even I was just about to say that even Jack Fox had a pretty bad punt. It was yeah. bad. Yeah. It, was like 30, it, was, it was probably the shortest punt I've probably ever seen. It was like 39 it. yards. Yeah. It, it was just one of those days, man, where like almost everything was going wrong. And you kind of saw how the game was going after you got stuffed on that fourth and one. That's just that's when Seattle kind of just took over. I, I still want to see him bounce back. Uh, you know, you know how confidence is, man. For some oh, reason, like especially for you, you see, yeah, you see one miss, you see like one kick miss. And then out of nowhere, like it's like for some reason they forget how to kick. You're like, yo, where, what the hell is going on? So I just want to see him bounce back. I, I think he will. I think he will bounce back. But I definitely just want to see him. Well, I wanted to see how he would react after he gets his first miss. So I, I'm interested to see that next. And we week. haven't seen that yet. So I mean, he might get that opportunity next week for Green Bay. So as of right now, we haven't seen that opportunity yet since that that field goal miss. But. Yeah, no, you're right, man. We've seen it where we thought we've had a kicker before. He gets on a groove, and then, you know, and they miss one, and then you get an Alex Henry situation. He misses four field goals in the game where you have an opportunity to win the game versus Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't bring that up. I was at that game, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys want to jump into y'all, y'all segments? Y'all oopsie doopsie and baller of the week. 
Let's, let's do it. Go. Let's do it. All right. Let's start off with Pierre. Pierre, who's your baller of the week? This is the easiest one ever. Who's your baller? You want to play mad receiver? You want to play mad running back? You want to play mad kick returner? What do you want? Or punt returner? What do you want to do with them? You want to play mad quarterback? Fuck it. We, we can play mad quarterback. We can even maybe play mad safety. No, I'm kidding. But uh, maybe, even maybe, the is it possible? Ne- I'm next, ne- next Cordell Patterson. Next Cordell Patterson, <laughs> man. Let's go. All jokes aside, man. Um, I'm in Ross St. Brown, man. I mean, this kid seems like we're talking about him every week. He had 11 targets, eight catches for 111 yards. He was returning punts. He had two carries for 23 yards. Had a really nice touchdown run, 26 yard run. Um, this kid is special. He is a prime example of why you can't really look at the numbers in the combine too much. Too much at the combine. You can't look at it. You can look at it, but you can't look at it too much. He ran a 4-6. Yeah, that's he why broke, that's, but... a, that's, a, that's the reason why he went to the fourth round. He ran a 4-6-1. So you look at it like a receiver 4-6-1, you're like, ill. You know, you're thinking like, all right, a receiver 4-6-1, ill. But he is a football player. He can ball. Yeah, he plays faster I'm than four six one. I mean, just look at that run he had. He broke. He looked like a natural running back. He broke a couple tackles, and just the old line obviously made a really nice hole. He just had to break a tackle or two, and he was there. He scored. So I'm with you, Malcolm. I, I, we mention this every draft season. Like, don't get too caught up with the draft numbers. Like, you can get excited for them, but like, some things are just guys are better at combine stuff, and some guys are not as good at that type of stuff. It really ultimately comes down to what do they did on the football field, for me at least. And I think that's what it really should come down to for most people. Don't get too caught up in the pro day numbers. Don't get caught up too much in the senior bowl practices or the combine numbers. Like at the end the of the day. Or the RAS numbers. The RAS. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of the day, you should be watching what they did versus a division rival in a, in a season game more than what they ran at, at a combine in boxers. Like th- that's what's more important to me. I, I gotta be honest though, having athletes on your team is really important. I look at the rats, oh, yeah. I look at the combine. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm not saying don't devalue that. That's not yeah. devalued at any at any aspect. But at the end of the day, if the guy could play football, the guy could play football. Yeah. And I think right. and I th- and I think sometimes these evaluators and GMs they get a little too cute and they look at these numbers and these like RAS numbers. I don't know if it's not necessarily the RAS system they're looking at, but they look at the combine numbers, the pro day numbers, these individual meetings, workouts, and stuff like that. End of the day, sometimes you just got to turn on the film and see what they did on the football field uh, in, yeah. in game action with the pads on. Because that, that's I, ultimately what matters. I, I guarantee also, you. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, no I was going to say, I guarantee you, if, if he had a slow, like if he wasn't as good as he is now and he was, just, he's played like a rookie played slow like as far as like his production wise they would bring that up they'll say oh we drafted him he ran a four six you know they would use that as the reason why he's not good but yeah this dude he can just ball man that's why i say now all the time you know i'm big i'm big on numbers too you know i like i like to see the 40s i like to see oh, all yeah. that stuff ultimately yeah for sure ultimately, yeah. I, I, I am addicted to those stuff me too, too. me yeah. too me too um i'm just saying you shouldn't probably use that as your main tool when you're drafting these guys because Mom, when I say Brown dropped dropped all the way to the fourth round because of this, and I think he his value should be high too. Maybe end of round one, he should have been drafted. Um, so this is this is a prime example of why you shouldn't dig too deep, dig like dig too deep into it. I mean, Malcolm. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember during the draft, Sheila after they drafted Ifatu, mm-hmm. Sheila Ford 
was talking to Brad Holmes, like, what about a receiver? And he's like, we like this kid from USC. I forgot we said it exactly. Yeah, he did. He said the USC kid said, was still there. USC kid was still there. And they kind of had a feeling like he'd be there and they picked. They didn't panic. They didn't trade up again. They just waited for their pick and they took him. Yeah, because he, he got devalued because of his, his, his combine, his numbers. Yeah. Also, when you look at the Rams, too, um, they also look at play speed. They I read a whole article about their drafting process and stuff. They track GPSs and stuff. And you look at Cooper Cup, he didn't really have the best combine I was either. Just gonna, I was just going to literally say that. But look at him now, right? I mean, yeah. I mean that, that that's a little different situation. Cooper Cup came from a super, super small school. I don't want you to remember Eastern, Eastern Michigan? No, 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 no. That's Max Crosby you're thinking of. Oh, uh, he went to Eastern something. Eastern he, Washington or something like that. Eastern, yeah, I know it's Eastern something. I just can't it's remember. Some, the name it's, it's somewhere in Washington, I, I believe. But Cooper Eastern Cup, Washington University. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I know it's Eastern. So that's a little different. I mean, small school kids, I think, always have that bit scare because you, you just don't know what you're going to get when they transit to the NFL level. But when you get a guy that played in the Pac-12, I mean, I think those that's something you got to take seriously. The Pac-12 is not a, a light division. It's not the SEC. It's not the Big Ten, but the Pac-12 is still a Power 5 school, or a Power 5 division, I should say. And, you know, I would say it's probably the third best division in college football. I know, but he, like I said, man, it's, it's the numbers. I, I no, I know. Yeah, look, he ran, yeah. He, he's what, 5'10"? Well, 5'10", 5'11", 5'10"? Ran a 4'6". He ran a 4'5'1", it says here at the Combine. As pro day, he ran a 4'5'1"? pro day, pro day, my bad, yeah. Where did I see that he ran a 4'6", a 4'6'1"? There, it's an unofficial, so I don't know exactly where he ran, but it said here he ran a no, yeah, he ran a four five. Even the lines have posted on their website, he ran a four oh. five one at his pro day. Oh, okay, then take that away. Never forget everything I said. <laughs> no, just the thing is, like, the thing is, like, when you look at his college tape, like, nothing was necessarily really special, nothing like stood out. He was just like a solid football player, a good football player, and that's why he won the fourth round. Like, he wasn't super athletic, I... he wasn't like, yeah, he wasn't, he didn't have crazy size, he's not the biggest guy. Um, he's not like, it's not like he's a flashy player. He just does his work. Like he's a route runner. He does his work. But what everything he's doing now, he did at USC. Like he was getting carries in USC. So he's, right. he's seen that stuff. He's seen his ability to make, ta- uh, break tackles and make the first guy miss and how he is in open space. He's seen all that, but it's still, good. still dropped. And I just don't, I mean, yeah. I mean, even like Brad Holmes, like they knew he was going to fall. So it's something about. I don't know how these NFL GMs just know. Like, the Rams are really good at knowing stuff. Jordan Fuller, they had a fourth-round grade on him, but they knew he was going to fall in the sixth round. They took him in the sixth round. looks like a steal for them. They took him last year, right? I don't know what the hell they use or how they do this, but they know how to draft. They they could evaluate. They could have drafted a mod round in the second round, and I would have been A-OK right now. Oh, I would have I mean, been A-OK right now. pick right now, bro. Exactly. I'm saying, like, they could have drafted him in the second round. You I mean, know, he's playing like a top three rookie receiver right now. Yeah, I think he, I think he is. He's behind uh, Jalen Waddle right now. J- Jamar Chase, Chase and Jalen Waddle. And, and then than, you have him on Ross St. Brown. I mean, that's about it. The guy everyone wanted, Devontae Smith. A lot of people wanted him. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, this was a, a stacked rookie class of receivers too. So it that is. might have been that might have been another reason why he fell. But I mean, as of right now, compared to all what those guys are playing, and I know situation obviously matters, and Amon Ross St. Brown is. <clears throat> I wouldn't even say Amon Rossi Brown's in a great situation, but he's still playing like a top three rookie receiver right now. And, like, I think defenses are also starting to notice and he's still making plays because he's the that, only guy the Lions have left. That's, that's what's the positive thing yeah, right now. That's the biggest 
I think like crazy thing about it yesterday or Sunday when, you know, playing that game, we had no other guys. I mean, we brought it up before the game. All the guys we had outside of Amon Ross St. Brown probably had not even combined 10 catches out of all the other pass catchers uh, with the tight end, uh, with the tight ends. He didn't have one uh, reception from either of those guys, Ross Travis or Pickney and out of the receiving core out of Trinity Benson, Kaderil Hodge, Tom Kennedy, uh, Malcolm Hart, whoever was out there. I mean, they, they didn't have double digit receptions in the NFL and he it's, still found a way to have a huge game. Yeah, it's, it's big kudos to our play callers. They're doing a great job moving him around, not having him stationary and just in the slot, not having stationary just an outside. They're moving him all around. I think it's hard for defenses to key on where exactly is it going to be among wrong. Is he going to be in the backfield? Is he playing tight end? I saw him play tight end. He played tight end last week. Omar <laughs> Ron, they're moving him all around. So that's 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 huge what they're what the coach staff is doing. And he's uh, a great blocker. He's one of the best blockers. He's he's small, but he plays bigger. Like he's not like six two, six three. I think he's like five eleven or six for whatever he is. But he's the he's probably one of the best blocking receivers on the team. The dude could block. Yeah. yeah. I told you I saw, I saw him play tight end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's just only gonna get better too, man. This is rookie year. Like what look out for this kid. And then, you know, as far as um what was I gonna say? Um and then it fell too, you don't really see many guys shadowed these days. Like you have like your Jalen Ramsey, you have your Darius Slays. So that's another reason why it's even better for the Lions to get creative with this guy like a Monroe St. Brown, moving move him in multiple different spots, get him some different matchups, you know, let everyone get a, a touch of this guy and see what he's all about. Yeah. So yeah, just kudos against yeah, like Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson. It's really taken a big hit. I mean, we've mentioned that every week, but since Ben Johnson has you know had more of a say to this offense, it's really getting a lot better, man. Do you, fun. do you make him the OC? I think that's a conversation we're gonna have to have in the offseason, like a legitimate yeah, conversation. I'm with you there. Um, or or do you keep things the same? Like like would would you be upset if they just said you know we're gonna keep things exactly the same no see i i, I would have been a couple weeks ago but at this point I, you can't be the the offense has been a strength at the last couple weeks and they're and they're putting their guys in good situations to have opportunities to at least score points and give them the shots to win a game yeah. it doesn't matter who's playing yeah i think i'm comfortable with whatever they do they want to give it to ben johnson that's cool if they just want to keep things as it is and just roll with it i'm cool with that i'm actually looking forward more to Keeping everything the same and just rolling with it. I kind of like just, yeah, keeping it within the organization at the very least. I, I don't know if I'm really into, like, getting an outside voice. Like, let's keep it within the organization. There's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right. So, that was a baller. Tyler, who's your oopsie? Oh, boo-hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. All right. So, our ball of the week, obviously, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Much deserved. Oopsie doopsie the week. I mean... The Lions defense, I mean, they get up like 51 points. There's not really a single player to really key in on um, to give this oopsie doopsie week because it was the whole unit itself. Oh, it was man. just really, really bad. I mean, it was almost like what Malcolm said. It's kind of pick your poison. Do you want to get killed by Russell Wilson in the passing game or do you want to get killed by Rashad Penny in the running game? They chose Rashad Penny in the running game, and <laughs> that's exactly what they did. And uh, there, there wasn't a really much of a winning scenario in this, so. I mean, I don't know what really went wrong because we haven't seen a bad defensive performance like this in a while. So it was a bit disappointing to see him 
take some back steps this week because right. they've been playing really well the last couple of weeks. And to have this type of performance for a team that was kind of struggling offensively, it was a bit disappointing this week. Do you think it yeah. was just maybe it just caught up to him? Maybe all the, do you feel like like maybe everything it, just caught up to him? It, it, it might have been, man. I mean, we're, we're, we're into week 17 right now. I mean, these guys have played a full season. A lot of these guys that are, were out there on defense, especially on the defensive line, guys like Charles Harris, um, uh, Onzerike, McNeil, uh, Austin Bryant. Like these guys have all played a full season. I, I think it might just be at that point where, you know, the tires are getting a little tired right now and, I think it's just, you know, we're, I think we're ready for the offseason, man. I also think, like, injuries are catching up, too, to this Yeah, team. that as well, yeah. Like, yeah, with the COVID and injuries and all show, that. Yeah. Because, I mean, dude, you had Brackers out. You had Vitae out. You had two corners making, like, their third career or fourth career start. Against Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, that's a big ask. You have Anthony Pittman and Derek Barnes, who both, probably shouldn't be starting like they're not ready to start yet and they're both out there against Rashad Penny I mean it's asking a lot it is really and the past lot. couple of weeks what they've done is impressive but at some point this was going to catch up to them and it finally caught up to them because there's not enough talent right now and the the injuries and everything that's piled up with the COVID stuff it's hard to win like that especially against like a Russell team that's hungry for a win Russell Wilson and the Seahawks They've been struggling. They got embarrassed by Chicago, so they want to make a statement, and they did yeah. that against the Lions. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was really a tough task for a lot of these guys. Like they had their Fanu Manufanu on DK Metcalf majority of the game, which is very is a very tough task. You know, DK Metcalf had the best of them. I will say this though: even though PFF gave Will Harris a hard time, he did a really good job against Tyler Lockett. Man, Tyler Lockett didn't do much this game, and he was on Tyler Lockett majority of this, majority of this game. So. Only had that one touchdown was that little swing pass. I mean, it, it, it was like that little pitch yeah. pass that they that he, yeah. that counts, which is I think is ridiculous on it's why it's it a, it a, it a little touch pass. Yeah, it's a touch pass. I think that busted coverage was on Will Harris, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Which 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 are you talking about when um when he was what's running it, wide what's open? It, what's it wide yeah, open? When, when the double move. The, the when they brought the, the zero the, blitz, the, the zero double, coverage that, that definitely was on. Um, that definitely was Will on Harris, Will Harris. Yeah. Metcalf did the double. I mean, that's just a really nice play by DK Metcalf, yeah. And, but, and Russell and Russell Wilson, man, he had a blitzer in his face, he had Denny Marlowe in his face, jumping yeah. up and everything. And he still got the ball over Denny Marlowe and got the pass to DK Metcalf. So, I think that was I, a hell of a play by I, Russell I Wilson. It, and, and yeah, Russell Wilson, Metcalf. I think you got to yeah. take a keep to leaps perspective. I mean, a veteran corner, a very good corner, potentially Hall of Famer. Even he was shook by the like DK Metcalf was able to run a double move. He goes, like, you know, I'm a corner. You're expecting just to have the ball out quick. You know, you're expecting a zero coverage blitz. The ball's probably just going to come out quick. There's not going to be really much movement from the receivers. It's going to be one on one. They're going to test it. But DK Metcalf had the balls to pull a double move, and he got Will Harris on skates. Yeah. But every other touchdown, I think, was on um, Ifanu Malafanu. So, I mean, this is really touch. You just, I mean, you're asking him to cover this beast, DK Metcalf. It's, oh, it's, it's tough. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's tough, man. But Tyler Lockett didn't do much. So that's that's something to be a little encouraged a, a bit, you know. I mean, I don't know, maybe. It, yeah. I mean, it's just it's asking a big ass for those young corners. Even A.J. Parker, he had like a little of a rough day to kind of I think he only gave that one big catch. That one big yeah, catch. But, on Ty- that now it's Tyler Lockett in the slot that ran like a fade. 
Those are the things that hurt you, though, man. Those big plays. Yeah, that the big plays hurt us all game. Whether it was on the ground, whether it was in the air. Yeah, it got to the point that it, you know, in Seattle. If you can't stop their running game, you're just gonna have a long day regardless. Because you can't stop their running game. Russell Wilson is just gonna have a field day. He's gonna he's gonna pick you apart. No matter if you can't stop the running game, you, you you're just out. The <laughs> tackling just... was awful. Yes, probably the worst of the year, honestly. Yeah, tackling. I mean. Yeah, tackling was a big part of it. There's just too many yeah. big, too many big holes, man. Too many big yeah, holes. Yeah, they were moving us easily too. I mean, the Lions D line. It, they, they it were, was like that. It was like that Denver game, man. Just like that Denver game. Yeah, I hate I, when our D line gets moved. I like it's hard to watch. I can't pinpoint which one was worse. The only reason the Denver game wasn't as worse because we we're playing Teddy Bridgewater and he didn't dash us as much in the passing game. Yeah. But as far as the running game, they moved our D line. I think the I think the Denver game was worse because we knew the run was coming and we still couldn't stop it. Yeah, <laughs> this one, I mean, yeah, it's a little unpredictable because he still have Russell Wilson and Metcalf and, and Ty yeah. Lockett. Yeah, so it was just like thirty yards here, thirty-seven yards here. It's just too many big games. It kind of looked that. like a prime. It kind of looked like a prime Seahawks a little bit, like a like a years back Seahawks, like the the good Seahawks teams, because we haven't seen that Seahawks team this year, really, honestly. Yeah, and it had to come against us. That freaking sucks. So guys, <laughs> I was just thinking about this, like randomly. Russell last game. We've been talking a lot about wide receivers and safeties, right? With like yeah. free agency. But man, what about like if the, I don't know who's actually gonna hit the market? But what about getting a dominant interior defensive lineman? I know you drafted McNeil and Levi, but we say is you can never have enough depth on a D line. Because yeah, I mean, we be somebody out there. At, we talked about before. We, we talked about before the show. I mean, I don't know if we necessarily agree here, but like, do you ever see Lee McNeil or Levi Onderike being like elite? It's it's too early. I don't know. It's way too early to tell. I I don't I don't see it. I see I him being good. Elite. You could be a good football player. Like if you're yeah. good, that's fine. Ashawn Robinson yeah. is it, what? What is Ashawn Robinson? Is he bad or he's, he's, a, good, he's a good football player? Right. He's well, good. That's, a, that's a good he's rotational piece. It's a good rotational piece. Like yeah. I want team. like a starter. Like okay, say you have like Kayvon Thibodeau, Hutchinson, and then you have Romeo Quara. I want a starter in there who could also affect the quarterback teams. Like hey man, those two guys on the outside are good, but this guy right here, he could give us some problems too. That's what I want. Like, not necessarily like, an elite guy, but I want a guy who could, like, you know, give a little juice think, from the interior. I, I think the Lions could look at that in the draft with one of their picks. It's like possible. an early, like an earlier pick. I'm not, I'm not saying just like a day three, like, throwaway pick. I'm saying like a legitimate early pick within day one. Maybe if day they, one and maybe day they, two. If they, draft, if they draft another defensive tackle in, their, in the top two rounds, or not top two, just say, just say round two, I think I'll rub the fan the wrong way. I wouldn't care. Why? Win the football game in the trenches. I really wouldn't care. Because I, I just think it'll rub the fans the wrong way because we used the second round pick last year on a defensive tackle. We did. I know. Was, was, like, it, was it two? Was it was it two second round picks? No, or? no, it was a second and a third. Second and a third. Second and third. Okay. I know, but Malcolm, say like a guy like just falls and you don't expect him to fall and he's sitting there like if with, he's the, elite, with the Rams pick. Say he's with the Rams pick, right? Say like DeMarvin Leo falls. Let's just say, for example, Leo falls. You have Hutch or Kayvon one or two, whatever. And then say like at 27, 28, wherever the Rams pick, I don't know, or 32, they went. Say like Leo Falls, for example. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, if, if, he's on, if, he, if he's on top of your board, take it. But There's also, it's kind of concerning too why like 31 other teams passed on him or 30 some teams passed on him. But man, those I think, guys... I think it's concerning that a 111 teams passed on him on Ross and Brown. 
<laughs> there you go. Or, one, or, or, or not. Or he one of 111 spots. Yeah. Or, or Armani. You know, you've seen him drop. Yeah. To round five. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, it's whatever. Whatever, you know, I just, whatever they do, just, just follow your board. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if we get another defensive, I, I am all down. I mean, we saw what Brad Holmes. I mean, not, nah, it wasn't all Brad Holmes. So you, I hate to do this, but you got to give credit to Bob Quinn as well. But we saw what they did in the offensive side of the trenches with getting that offensive line all established pretty much. You know, we, we say at the very least, you got four to five guys. And it looks like we might have our offensive line just basically set at this point with Panay Sewell. So. Uh, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, Big B, and Taylor Decker. I think that's pretty much set. So you figured out that side of the trenches. If Brad Holmes says, I want to go into this draft and fix the other side of the trenches, you cannot be mad at that at one Hell point. Hell no. 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 I'd be actually very excited about that. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I think we saw it last draft. That's yeah. way, that's That was his approach. First three picks, all trenches. Exactly. We're going to see probably the first pick, a trench pick, because, yeah. I mean, I think you have to take one or the other. I, I, Kyle Hamilton is a dog, but I don't think the positional value is like there. Yeah. Do you take a safety at two? No. no. We're taking Thibodeau or taking Aiden Hutchinson. That would be worse than the Akuda thing, so, as far as position wise. So yeah. you get so you get one of those guys, and like Pierre said, man, you could never have enough of these guys. And it's, it's not like a, a cornerback where the corner is going to get a hundred percent of the snaps. Like defensive linemen, these guys are moving in and out all throughout the game. And you know, there's packages for first down packages for second down packages for right. third down. There's all these certain packages where, you know, even if we get another guy in the defensive tackle, that doesn't mean we're not going to play Lee McNeil anymore. That doesn't mean we're not going to play Levi on anymore. Like these guys are still going to be part of the rotation and they're just going to contribute yep. as much as the guy that's coming in as well. So that's why I don't get rubbed the wrong way. If the lines did go that direction and, and took another trench player in the, in the interior defensive line. Yeah, they get somebody elite, man, that, that guy, man, I know a lot of people don't really look at interior defensive linemen as big key players, but those can change your, your defense. You have okay. one elite guy. I'll they're gonna make a lot of people. They're gonna make a lot of people better. I'll it makes your linebacker system. better. It makes your secondary yep. better. It, you can stop the run. You can plug up the a gaps. You can do whatever you want. And we have seen this in 2018 with <clears> Max Harrison. Just, I was just gonna bring we that. We seen this I, in 2018, uh, and it, yeah. that, that's why I wanted um, you know, that that guy, the the, the guy we in a couple of drafts ago. But yeah, we seen it with Max Harrison because you get that one guy to plug up the a gap. It makes your whole defense better. Yep. So. Exactly. That, if we can that, get an elite guy. That'll be great. That, that's exactly what I was going to get into. I, was, I wasn't going to say a cliche thing like Aaron Donald or thing. I was going to say an example that you you had on your football team just a couple of years ago yeah. with Damon Snacks Harrison. Twenty eighteen. Just got to look at twenty. Don't look at twenty nineteen. Look at twenty eighteen. And look at your defense. And look at your defense and how they play in the second half of the season once they acquired him. Yeah. Twenty eighteen. Really good. It was really good. Even what's the name had a great had a great second half. Um, Gerard. Gerard. Jared Davis. He had, a, he, had a, he had a solid second year, second second half that year because of Snacks Harrison. The whole the whole defense played really good. It was that was when the offense just lost everybody, and Stafford was playing with that messed up back. Yeah, and yeah, we had Andy Jones starting at receiver. I I remember, I remember. <laughs> but yeah, man, a good defensive tackle man could take your defense along. Look what the far the far Berkner Berkner. Buckner, 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 Buckner. Buckner. <laughs> <laughs> Look what he did to the Colts, man. He took that. He took the, that defense to the next level. You yeah, added he him. They added him and took him to the next level. And they've drafted well too. They got Darius Leonard. Um, there they they got that linebacker Bobby. 
Bobby Bobby Ugarike or not? No, what's his name? Ugarike. You know what I mean? Ugarike or Ugarike? It's sort of the O. Bobby. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Sorry, Bobby. I'll say Levi Ugarike, our guy. I think it's Bobby or or. It's I don't know. Bobby O. Bobby O, man. Just stick with that. Yeah. yeah. Bobby I mean, O, man. Bobby O. I like a, that. He's a good linebacker. Um, and they got Cody Pay and Michigan Cody Man. Pay. They got the other kid they drafted. He was hurt. They took a chance on him in the second round, the edge rusher. So. Wait, who was that? What's the name? I forgot his name. I forget his name. I remember. I know who exactly you're talking about. Whatever. Yeah. Regardless. But no, it wouldn't run me the wrong way if the Lions took a defense tackle. You win football games in the trenches, man. That's how you build. Let's go. And like the Lions are still. Yuck. Campbell signed a six-year deal. This is still year two. I don't think they're going to be like all out, just go aggressive. I think there's probably still going to stick to DPA. They should. Like, if there's like two guys, they rated the same. One's a need, one is not. I think they take the need, right? That's how it works. So I think that's going to be their philosophy again. I don't think they're going to go out um, and like spend hella money. Maybe they'll give one big contract to someone, but I don't think they're going to give out like two or three big contracts. No. I think it's going to be kind of like similar to this year, but maybe go for guys who are like more proven and more healthy. Let me like ask you a question, though. Guys. Let me ask you a question. Is there a, an, an elite guy, defensive tackle, that maybe that may hit the market? Let me look at it right now. This is a fun time, though, guys. Like, as an NFL fan, I would say as a Lions fan, is this is when you're going to get football players in your team, and this is where you hope to take that next step as a football team and, you know, find more talented players. And this is like one of my favorite times, you know, we, we get into NFL playoff time. We're getting close to the senior bowl. We're getting close to that combine. We're getting close to the NFL draft guys. And that's yeah. when it gets really, really exciting, man. Tyler, would you, do you think the Detroit Lions had a chance to sign a big player on defense? Say like it is a defensive tackle on I, the market right now. I do you think Detroit has a shot at bringing him in. Do you think that like, he would want to, Play with Aaron Glenn and I think depending on the Dan money, Campbell, depending on the de- money, and depending the on the money, depending on the money, depending on the situation, um, yeah, that's possible. So or do you think they had the crazy overpay. I think you'd have to pay for more than the Baltimore Ravens. You have to pay more than the Cleveland Browns or whoever was offering that other contract. So Pierre has what? something. Okay, Pierre, I'm looking. Hold up. Well, give me a second. Just give me one more second here. Hold up. But I think I think one of the focuses that they're going to look in this offseason in majority is that receiving core. I think they have to improve that position. I think they just yeah. have to improve the offensive skill position because that's something that they're really lacking right now. You know, you and, got your running backs. You got Monra. You got Hawk. I think you need some more guys. And you brought up receivers. And the, one of the big key free agents that a lot of people actually wanted towards yeah, you ACL. liked. Yeah, the guy you liked a lot, Michael yeah. Gallup. Michael Gallup. Pierre liked Michael Gallup. I think we all like Michael Gallup. Yeah, Michael Gallup was a good football player. But yeah, so that's a bummer. Um, yeah, Michael Gallup, man, I feel bad for that kid. He was gonna cash out, and looks like he's gonna have to wait for that check. I'm looking at the defensive lineman guys. I mean, there's better edge guys, but the Lions are drafting Calais Campbell, but he's really old. Um, yeah, he's real old. He's probably like 37. Sebastian Joseph Day from the Rams. He's kind of like a like, you know when you get those free agents who are kind of like, kind of like uh, moving up a little. He's trending up as a player. You have Austin Johnson. He's okay. Akeem Hicks. He's older. Sullivan Thomas, Quentin Jefferson, Limbaugh Joseph, Sheldon Richardson, Jaron Reed, Malik Jackson. The edge is a lot better. You have um, 
Akba, Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Charles Harris, Dante Fowler, Harold Landry, Hassan Reddick. Well, so, I don't think we have to worry about the edge. Yeah. I don't think we have yeah, to worry about, about the edge, right? Not a not a luxury one, at least. No, maybe bring Charles Harris back. I don't know how much he'll want, but he'd be a solid rotational piece. And if Roquaro's not ready to start, he can maybe start a couple of games for you. With our first round pick, and then with uh, yeah. So, but I'm looking at the safeties, man. Jesse Bates is a free agent. Damn it, and I want him. He's gonna be expensive like, though. Like you know, would have been a sick pickup. If this was last year and like he was a free agent this year, like Trey Hendricks, that's like that's what we need on defense. Like, have you seen Trey Hendricks on Cincinnati? He's been a beast. Yeah, yeah. that's like a, that would be a perfect pick. That like rusher, yeah, he came from the he didn't come from the Saints, the Saints, right? Saints, New Orleans. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Man, they, got, they got him for cheap too, right? He, that's he, like, he didn't go too much, right? As far as like money, he, he, got, he got like a decent contract, but like he, he's playing, he's playing more than what his worth is right now. I would say, yo. All right, there's this kid that the Lions wanted last year, but the Saints tagged him, but he's a free agent again this year. It's Marcus Williams. His coverage and like passer rating is 58.6. He's been a dog in coverage. It's very good. You know, AG was his coach, but his coach in New Orleans and the Lions. That's a big possibility, yeah. And Tracy Walker, I mean, he's he's good, but he's not like elite. Marcus Williams is more of an elite guy to me, so – I could see them maybe like saying, "Okay, Walker, we're not going to bring you back. Let's bring in Marcus Williams." I heard that. I heard that name being thrown around there too. As far yeah. as such a person for Detroit because of the connections. All right. Well, I think with that, I think we should save some of this talk for when we get into the offseason because we're going to have a lot of this stuff, and it's going to be a lot of fun when we get some more free agency talk, talking about some free agent guys that could fit for this Lions team. But you guys got a little preview for what we're going to be talking about in the offseason. We still got one more game, so we'll do that. But I hope you guys all enjoyed this. You know, we, we got a little bit of everywhere. We talked some analytics, which was great. We talked some injuries, talked about our oopsie, talked about our baller of the week. And talked about some scenarios that the Lions could do in this draft. And talked a little bit about free agency, what you can maybe expect from this Detroit Lions team. So this should be a really, really fun offseason. A really big offseason for the Lions as they're entering kind of phase two of their rebuild. And trying to get more talent in this in this you know team right now. So stay tuned for all that, guys. We got a lot of stuff coming towards this offseason. So. But let's get through this game. We got Green Bay next week, so we'll have that preview out on we're going to record it on Wednesday, so it'll be probably on your guys' feed sometime around Friday. So look out for that. And with that, five-star review, and I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. Hope you're all staying safe during this time. Hope you all have a great had a great holiday. And I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy, Malcolm, and I am out. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.